Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where we make getting sleep help easy. In today's episode, I am chatting with Elizabeth King, who is a certified fertility coach. Here's the deal, guys. She is a master at helping people work through their fertility and infertility problems. And I have just got to come just honest with you. And I have never covered this on our podcast before. I always wanted to find the right person. And Elizabeth is that person. So here's the thing. We are going to talk about secondary infertility today. And I wanted to share this with you because not only has this been something that Elizabeth has a lot of experience in, she also has personal experience. And this episode is one that I want you to share with a friend of yours. If you have someone that you know who is struggling with secondary infertility and they are questioning everything, this is a shareable episode. So if you are on Apple Podcasts, there is um, a little dot, dot, dots or a little box with an arrow. Share this with them wherever whatever platform you are on, this is a podcast episode that we ask you to share and send to someone in need that you know of. So make sure you do that. Elizabeth actually is the one, the best one to have on this podcast to talk through secondary infertility, not only because of her experience, but because of her personal story, which I will let her share. She believes that taking a more holistic approach is the key to success when attempting to conceive. She has helped hundreds of women around the world achieve their dreams of conception and parenthood. And she not only supports these families worldwide, but she also supports them through natural fertility, infertility, IVF, miscarriage loss, early pregnancy, PTSD, and new parent support. I am honored to have her on the podcast with us today. Let's get into our episode with Elizabeth King. Hey, everybody. Welcome, Elizabeth King, to our podcast. This is a topic that we have yet to cover on the Little Z's podcast. And it's one that I have just I've wanted to find the right person and the right conversation to have. And even um, Elizabeth and I came to this interview and I kind of had one thing in my mind and then zoop, we kind of went over here and we're like, nope, this is where our audience is. This is what we want to focus on. So Elizabeth King is a certified fertility health coach. She is a master certified ICF life coach, a birth and bereavement doula, and a new parent educator. Her mission is to help people of all backgrounds conceive a healthy healthy baby and carry to term. So we are so glad you're here. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Well, okay. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your story. Yeah. So a little bit of different angles, but I'll start from my, my 30 year, 30 year old portion of it. Um, I got divorced at 30, went to my, uh, to a reproductive endocrinologist to freeze my eggs at that point. And he said, I was too young. That like shocked me. I didn't know that there was really a thing to be too young, but I understood at that point, he explained to me, it's really about the thawing process. So come back later. So I came back at 36, still single, um, to freeze my eggs then. And that's really when I start, I did my first round of IVF, which is egg freezing. Um, and I had 11 eggs frozen at that time and kind of checked the box of, I have my 401k, I have my eggs frozen and off I went, you know, it wasn't like a burning yearning desire to have kids at that time. It was more of, you know, I've had enough people around me that had struggled to be like, okay, maybe I should do this just to have it. Um, fast forward to 39 and 39 and a half. And I had 
my periods changed drastically. I had fibroids. I went to my OB. She said, everything's fine. Um, my gut intuition was something's not fine. I went back to that and reproductive endocrinologist, which is a fertility doctor. And I said, can you just check this out? Because something doesn't seem right to me. And he said, they are in fact small, but the location is preventing you from conceiving. So um, he referred me to a gynecological oncologist. And the reason that I also do that with my clients now is because they have the top equipment. So when you're dealing with cysts on your ovaries, fibroids in your uterus, anything like that, you want to make sure whatever doctor you're going to has the top equipment and does this as their not a side job to what they're already doing rather than this is their specialty, if that makes sense. Um, so I did that. And I, at that point now I was 40 years old. They told me, um, as soon as you heal from this, you need to get on it. Now I had met my husband in between this time. Um, so we got married at 40, got pregnant right away with my first son after that fibroid surgery. So I thought everything was fixed with that. Um, and, Little did I know after that first trying for my second, we struggled for that second baby. And then I had to miss my first miscarriage. And that really just ripped the rug from out for me. I wasn't around anybody who had gone through that. I Nobody talked about it. I had all these emotions that I didn't expect because logically I knew it wasn't my fault, but I felt guilt, shame, anger, embarrassment, all the things. Um, and it wasn't until being in the bed for my first DNC, which is where they do a surgical procedure to do the miscarriage, like take the tissue out. Um, and the couple next to us was doing their first round of IVF. So they were doing their egg retrieval. They were so excited. We can, you know, literally four feet away from each other with a, a fabric like curtain between us. We were devastated and they were so excited and I was sincerely really excited for them. And I, that's when it shifted for me that my 10 years as a life coach, I needed to change to use my experience going through my own fertility to help serve and support women that were going through this process of infertility and miscarriage loss. And so here we are um, now, four years later, and it really has changed my life and has it's such a, a blessing for, for me to be able to show up to help other people to get pregnant and, and have some support through that process. Because when I was going through it, there really wasn't that, that experience. So, um, fast forward, I now had, I had my children 41 to 44. So I'm the first one to say it is possible. Um, but we really work through things to make sure that your egg quality is to a place where it needs to be. Um, but at the same time, it's it's something that a conversation that we're just trying to normalize across the board, whether that's miscarriage loss that happens with one and four, um, which I think is very underreported for people that um, maybe they have the loss at home and or it's a chemical pregnancy. Maybe they're not even aware of it. And then infertility that affects one in eight in our country, one in six in Canada, and we're at a six year global decline in fertility. So um, unfortunately, this is not going anywhere anytime soon. And people need to know that there's someone out there to help them and support them through it. Oh my gosh. I, 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 there's something that I say a lot here at little Z's that I'm so grateful that we live in a time where we can get help with anything. 
anything, you know? And there you were in that bed being like, I need, I have a need and it's not being met. And and I need to like, but I can do something about it. And so um, thank you for filling that need and for, for doing that. So we're going to focus today on that secondary infertility, because as you and I were discussing beforehand, um, you know, I love the moms who listen to our podcast that don't have kids yet. They're just preparing, but hello, the majority of our audience are the tired parents or the parents who are, um, who already have kiddos. And they're now like, they're trying for number two or number three and, or, Mm -hmm. or wherever you are with that, but it's just, it's not happening. So I, I kind of feel like I've only recently heard the term secondary infertility. So could Mm -hmm. you explain to us, what does that mean? That basically means that you have a child already and, or you've had a live pregnancy already, and now you are struggling to have that, that second baby or third baby or whatever it may be in your case. Um, and it is a real thing. It's something that exists. So if you feel like you've been trying for a while and you're starting to get frustrated with yourself because it happened so easy the first time and, and now it's just not be gentle with yourself a lot pretty much everything has changed in your life since you've had baby number one. And it doesn't matter how young or old that baby is, you know, maybe, maybe it's seven years old, maybe it's no longer a baby at all anymore, but your day-to-day is different than it was when you had that first baby and you conceived that first baby. Um, so that's the first thing I would want to say to somebody is just be gentle with yourself and knowing that it is something real. You can get help and figure it out and really just don't accept that, you know, this isn't happening, right? If it's something that you have a knowing in your, in your heart and your mind and your gut and your intuition, like I did, I mean, I look back I know I had no business trying to have three kids at 41 to 44, but I had a knowing, right? So if you feel like you want to grow your family and that's something that's important to you, have somebody to help you through that, to figure out, is it supplements? Is it nutrition? Is it sleep? Is it something that happened during your labor that, um, your delivery that could potentially be causing something and find somebody who can really point you in the direction to make that happen sooner rather than later. So the rule of thumb generally from a doctor's perspective or an OB would say, you know, if you're under 35, they want you to be trying for a year. If you're over 35, they say six months. Now, anybody who's been trying to conceive knows that, you know, even two to three months into it can feel like already six months to a year. So I really just urge you to make an appointment with a fertility coach or somebody who can do a deep dive strategy session with you. So at least you can check off the boxes to say, I'm doing all these things. And then when you do go back to your doctor, you can say, I've done all these things and it's still not happening. Um, I really want you to do all the proper work. So ultrasound, blood work, all of the things to, I always say, get the lay of the land. What are you dealing with? Is there scar tissue in your uterus now since you had your baby? Is there something else going on that you're not even aware of? And believe me, as soon as we have those first babies, we're hit the ground running, right? We don't really stop unless there's something really that makes us stop. And there's a lot of things that go into to feeling out what's really happening. And again, getting that lay of the land picture will help you to know, okay, I just need to focus on these things. There's nothing structural happening or yeah, there is something structural happening and we need to address that because at the end of the day, again, as much as I'm a proponent of everybody can have babies over 40, 
we don't really want to be having babies at 45 plus, right? I mean, trust me, I, I have clients. I have a 48 year old and a 47 year old that just had a baby this last summer, but at the same time, it's not ideal for most people, um, for several reasons, but, um, that's what I would say for somebody who's kind of struggling and feeling like they're getting pretty frustrated with this, because as I mentioned before we got on this was, you're in a different situation again. You're probably, if you're listening to this, you have something probably around sleep with your baby. Sleep is huge with trying to conceive and how that affects our fertility and our endocrine system and our reproductive system and how that all plays together. So it's certainly something that needs to be looked at. Yeah. I kind of wanted to pick apart a few of those layers that you said. There's so many layers to consider with, with secondary infertility. Um, and likewise, probably with infertility of primary infertility or first infertility, but here's what I want to unpack a little bit. Um, the sleep portion and the nutrition portion, obviously those two are the ones that we let go of as parents. You know, it's like that we'll, we'll, we'll make sure our kid um, has that, but then it's on the back burner for ourselves. So could you unpack these layers a little bit? How does sleep and nutrition play a part in one of your clients as you're coaching them through secondary infertility? So the first thing you want to look at with your sleep, and again, I've, I have been there, I have hired sleep consultants. I think total with three kids, I think we've had like five different people. Um, so trust me, I get it. And when I first had my first baby, I literally was going insane. And I remember thinking, okay, this is why they use sleep deprivation as a form of torture in other countries, because I'm like going like psychotic, like I it was losing my mind. So you want to first ask yourself, is my sleep at night? Am I resting or am I recovering? Right. And it's that sometimes not so easy for people to decipher because they're like, oh, it's the same thing. It's not really the same thing. So if you run a marathon, your body needs to recover from that. Right. If you're going about your day, like our ancestors were our ancestors. Well, even our parents for that matter, 50 years ago, um, they were resting at night. Right. So they'd have their day, they'd come home and they'd rest. It wasn't like they were recovering. We're recovering from so much happening. We're doing the kids stuff. Most of us are working. There's a lot happening. And now we have this underlying stress about the world and what's happening and how how that affects us in whatever way that may be. So most of us are not truly getting rest. We're recovering every night. That puts us, our adrenals and our cortisol systems at a level that is always kind of at that that fight or flight rather than just recovering and resting really where it should be. So asking yourself that first and foremost, and what can I do to shift that? So is that hiring a doula or a night nurse to come in for a little bit so that I can reset myself aside from what is happening with my baby, but what do I need? Because if my body's not functioning well, then that's going to show up in different ways. And again, if you're trying to have another baby and you're not sleeping and you're stressed because you're not sleeping, you know, it's this cycle effect. And yes, people get pregnant all the time with multiple babies. People get pregnant accidentally after they've just had a brand new baby. So it's not that it's not possible. It's really, if you feel like you've tried everything else to look at your sleep and see what can I do to get that I mean, the sleep foundation basically says it's eight to eight and a half hours of solid sleep that you need. Most of us are not getting that if you have a baby, right? Or even a toddler for that matter. 
Um, so seeing what can I do in my day that's going to allow me those times to, if I can't get the sleep, just to slow my body down. And the reason that we want to slow your body down in whatever way that is, is because you're going to try, you're trying to regulate your adrenal system and your cortisol. Your cortisol is your stress hormones that goes through your blood. You want to make sure that that is as balanced and as calm as possible. So that may be literally 60 seconds of breathing exercise, um, 60 seconds of coloring in a coloring book, maybe have your toddler do it as well and just let them do whatever they can do. But shifting your, your mindset and your brain to something else to say, I don't need to be running all the time right now, because not only am I not getting that eight to eight and a half hours sleep, but I can't seem to stop. So finding things, maybe it's finding recipes for some of my clients, they love to cook. So the, it has the same effect for them to just sit on their phone and look at a recipe as it does for someone else to meditate or journal or, or do a coloring book. Um, so find what's good for you because it's not like we can all just take 30 minutes and go out and take a walk and ground ourselves that way. If you can, by all means do that, but make sure it's a gentle walk. It's all about, you know, nurturing your body and your system to feel like it's at a place to receive. Because when we are so wound up with everything that we have going on, and then we expect our body to like show up to conceive for us, your body's like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm doing everything I possibly can right now to survive. The last thing I can do is create another human being healthy, right? Because that's the key. It's one thing to get pregnant, but we want to stay pregnant and make sure that those are it's a healthy embryo that's there. So setting yourself up for success in that way and really taking an inventory of your life of what are the things that I can change. And you mentioned diet. That's another thing that, you know, like you said, it kind of starts to go out the window a little bit when you have children and there's so much happening, but you don't have to get too crazy about it. I have a lot of people that spend tens of thousands of dollars on fertility diets that weren't working and they come to me we work through some things and they get pregnant because we let go of that a little bit. So again, it's not so much of eat this, don't eat that type of thing, more so of nourish your body. What feels good for you? Kind of tap into that intuitive eating to say, is this serving my body to help me create another human being? Or is this you know processed food that I probably really shouldn't be eating that's not really serving my body that well? So it doesn't have to be dairy-free, gluten-free, all the things, unless you have a sensitivity to that, which I always say to all of my clients, first thing is we do a food sensitivity test. Your your listeners can do it at home on the Everlywell test. It's food sensitivities. You do it at home. Um, I often recommend just fasting the night before you do it so that um, you're, you have kind of a clean slate, so to speak. But you know, for eggs is a huge high sensitivity for me. My stomach is a mess if I have eggs, but that's one of the top things on a fertility diet that somebody would Google. That's going to prevent me from conceiving because my body is in overdrive to fight off this inflammation and heal every day if I'm having eggs for breakfast, thinking that I'm doing something good for my fertility. So I would always say for your nutrition, if you're trying to conceive, look to see what's causing you any sort of inflammation in your body, eliminate that. I've seen chicken for people. I've seen bananas for people. I've seen random things that you'd never really would have thought. So you'd be surprised. I think in all my hundreds of clients, I've only seen one person that's come back with no sensitivity, which is pretty cool. But um, 
But most of us have something that you can eliminate, whether that's almonds or whatever it may be. And again, when you're when you're in that state of trying to conceive, you want to throw everything you possibly can at it and to check off all the boxes. And that's a fairly easy thing to do as far as your diet. So making sure that you're eating um, warm, um, nurturing foods. So if you see a fertility acupuncturist, they often will tell you to avoid cold things, cold drinks, cold food. So um, raw food for that matter, it's too hard for your body to digest. If you're eating a lot of salads and raw vegetables, your body's working overtime to digest all these things and everything is taking place in your visceral system. So if it's going there to, you know, break down all this food, it's taking away from the energy that it needs to be having to to reproduce and and have you conceive. So there's a lot of things to take into consideration, but first and foremost, if you are struggling with secondary infertility, know that again, you're not out of your mind. It is really a thing and seek help for it because you, you don't want it to go that long. So most people have this idea in their mind, like I want my kids two years apart or three years apart or whatever. So you, you want to get on that sooner rather than later to figure out what's happening. This is so helpful. And I can, um, I kind of want to like wrap things up by, by letting our families know that they don't have to go this journey alone. Right. So as they're hearing you say all these things, like, okay, let me get my notepad, like make sure we have warm foods, make sure I get the sleep. Ah, I don't have the help. So how, how does someone even begin the journey of getting help with secondary infertility? Actually, there's two questions I want to ask that. And then also how could they approach their partner to be like, Hey, Mm -hmm. I need help with this. Yeah. And that's another great point to bring up. So, um, let me talk about that first real quick is again, so normal. I think again, very rarely do I see it where couples are not necessarily on the same page. So, you know, the, the woman may want to start right away for the second baby. And the guy's like, we're still just getting out of this, or we're not even sleeping. Why would you even want to try to have another baby? So if you're in that situation, please, again, know you are not alone. Many, many people are having the same conversation as far as your ovulation window and knowing when that's happening and kind of having intercourse on demand, know that you are not alone with that conversation either. So if you are struggling with any of those things, give yourself and your partner some grace in that. It is very stressful to go through all of these things and feel like, okay, I have this very small window that we got to make this happen and people are sleep deprived and tired and whatever. So if you feel like you are not quite on the same page, that's one of the things that you can talk to your partner about to say, hey, I know that you know this is we're not quite there where we both want to be right now. Would it be helpful for both of us if I got some help over here so that I can talk to somebody who understands a little bit better, right? So it's not so much of I'm leaving this person in the dark. It's more of it's going to help both of us out. So you don't have to hear me kind of complain all the time or talk about this all the time. And I can learn some tools and strategies to help us as a couple to grow and to get to where we are. Because the sooner we, I mean, I remember it for us too, the sooner we can stop having this conversation about having kids anymore, it was like, we can move on with our life, right? Like, I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. Like I get it. But when you're in it, you have to, right? It's like, I do have this small window. And if, you know, somebody doesn't perform within that window, it's like disappointing because you have to wait a whole nother month, right? So really encouraging your partner to see the value in 
the benefit for the emotional side of things. If somebody is getting emotional support through they're trying to conceive, the Harvard medical studies have shown that you're 55% more likely to conceive if you are seeking help through that process. That's five, 55, not one five. That's a huge number, as well as the stress in your body causes it to be prolonged. So you can shave up to eight months off of your fertility process if you're seeking help through that. Now that's just, you know, talking through this with somebody that's not like medical intervention. That's pure, you know, cognitive behavioral work. Is there limiting beliefs? Is there something else that's going on? So talk to somebody who can relate to you, who you feel gets you, right? It's, it's one thing to talk to somebody that they're getting paid to do it, but you're like, they have no idea. You know, like I walked out of, I went to a therapist after my first miscarriage and I walked out of there crying because I didn't know if she knew what I was going through. She never told me if she had a miscarriage. She never said anything. She just listened. And for me, it was really important to know, do you understand what I'm going through? Can you tell me it's going to be okay? And you have kids too, and you know what to expect and whatever. So find somebody that resonates with you to say like, I get it. You have a toddler, you're losing your mind. You're not sleeping, but you want the second baby. It's okay to want a second baby. Even if you have one, one doesn't discount the other. So you have every right to want to build your family and finding somebody to help you support you through that and give you that encouragement and give you the tools to say, okay, try this. We got to try that take these supplements, you know, do all these things, um, and let go of all these other things. Right. So it's not about just doing, we want to let go at the same time. So finding that balance is really, really important. Oh, those are so, so, so good to hear you say all of that because you just hit on like all these things that I could see someone struggling with how to communicate it. Am I, you know, do, do I want this because but I already have one kid and you just, you covered that so clearly. And I know that this is going to help. So, so many moms think through that. So how can someone, if they're like, Elizabeth, I'm resonating with you. I want, I want to talk to you. How can they get in touch with you? What's their next step? Yeah. So my website, elizabethking.com and on Instagram, elizabethking underscore coaching. Um, I offer strategy sessions, which is basically a 90 minute session where we would go through your food sensitivities, what supplements are right for you. Again, that will depend on your medical history. So I always recommend people to come with their latest blood, blood work. If you are kind of thinking, are my hormones off or whatnot, ask your OB to run a hormonal blood lab on day two or day three of your cycle. That will say, you know, where are your hormones at? Especially if after you've had a baby, sometimes it takes people up to a year to get balanced again. So we can work through even balancing your hormones to get your, your cycles back on track as far as adding uh, more estrogen dense foods at some times of the month, progesterone dense foods at other times of the month to really get you kind of back on track as well as talk through, you know, decision-making and couple situations and all of those things. So that's, that's where you can find me. And that's a little bit of kind of a, what we would attack in our first, um, call essentially. I love that. Well, we were kind of able to scratch the surface a little bit of secondary infertility, give us some, some things to think through and, and just even analyze and some things that, um, I, I, I want to hear from you guys and what are you implementing? So make sure you go follow Elizabeth on Instagram. We'll tag everything below. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. And the last thing I want to say is I believe you have a podcast as well, because you're very natural speaking about all of this. So tell <laughs> us about where we can listen to your show. Yes, I have a podcast called Pretty Little Tribe and it's on all the 
the places that you can find a podcast. So come join us and listen. And I'd love to hear, like you said, your feedback on what, what it is that you are struggling with and what it is that is important to you to, to hear, but you're not alone in any aspect of this journey as far as fertility or sleep or any of the things, right? We're here as a collective to support each other. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was super helpful. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm just going to tell you one more time. This is an episode that needs to be shared. Please don't let this just live on your podcast player for yourself. If you know a family member, a friend, anyone who you know has been struggling with secondary infertility, we want them to know they are not alone. So make sure you send this episode to them. Thank you, Elizabeth, for joining us. We are honored to have you. I hope that you all enjoyed this and gleaned some great insight from her. Make sure you check out the show notes to find all the links that we mentioned here on the episode. Sweet dreams. See you next time.